You are listening to Tell It From Calvary, a ministry of Calvary Baptist Church, New York City, where we preach Christ crucified, risen, and coming again. The following sermon is by Dr. Ed Stetzer, author, missiologist, and interim teaching pastor at Calvary. For upcoming events and services, visit our website at cbcnyc.org. And now, here is today's message. Hey, everybody. It's uh, so great to be back with you and open God's Word together. Obviously, I'm not in my normal location, but we still have the same passage. we got the same Word of God. So let's jump into Philippians chapter 4. I'm actually going to, um, because it's been one, two, three weeks since we were in Philippians. This is a, uh, our third week. And I want to actually come back to verse 4 and read, uh, read re-share, re-read verse 4, and then go all the way to verse 7. Here's what it says. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Uh, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So that's going to be our text today and probably one of the most famous texts in Philippians. Maybe one more is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and that's uh, probably famous for being a verse often used out of context. But we're going to talk today and walk through the passage, and we're going to look at uh, standing firm, uh, how the cure for worry is prayer, which gives peace. That's going to be our our theme today. Our big picture is the stand firm. The cure for worry is prayer, which gives peace. Now, we'll walk through this passage, and in doing so, we're going to... um, you know, see this passage, as I said, very common. I actually call this a refrigerator verse. It's one of those things that sounds strange. It's one of those things where people will get a magnet, right? Or I used to work at a place called Lifeway and we'd sell a little plaque that would have this verse, right? Be anxious for nothing. Um, You know, yet I'm the father of, I'm a father of three daughters, right? I'm anxious. I want them to be strong girls, to love Jesus, to care for others, to avoid the messages of the world around them and more. So there's a certain sense that there's a natural anxiousness that's there, right? So there's a certain level of, every time I start a message, there's a certain level of anxiousness that like make sure that this is good. So what is it, what is this anxiousness that it talks about? Because uh, some have worried too much and this message could be a life change for you. Some of you are carefree right now, but later there may be challenges and you will need this passage. But here's the thing, Jesus turns worry into peace through the the wonder of prayer. Let me say it again. Jesus turns worry into peace through the wonder of prayer. So we wanna see how a refrigerator magnet Bible verse helps us to get to the glorious picture of the gospel because worry is something we all struggle with in different levels, right? It can actually be so serious as to cause physical sickness. Anxiety plagues our first world country. More people are on medicine, more people live in worry, more people have a negative view of the future and the media and the world around us. It all stokes the fires of our fear. And I will tell you, one of the things I've tried to share, most of my ministry is working with pastors, and I've tried to share. So pastors hear me say that that I and many of the pastors have had sort of a low-level sense of greater anxiety in 2020 and 2021. So we're going to talk about this because we had the opportunity to explore how to counter our own worry with faith joy, and peace. 
with faith, uh, joy, and peace. So to do that, we're gonna we're gonna walk through this passage, and I think you're gonna find uh, there's there's a lot in this passage that's just in and of itself, we uh, amazing and wonderful. But let's start by looking at the first point, and then the passage. Uh, that relates to that first point. So, okay, it's um, number one, joy in Christ helps us face the anxieties of life. And then there's the passage again, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice, right? Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Of course, there's all kinds of things uh, in just this brief part of the passage, so much that we could cover here, and they all sort of go together. We could unpack these things, and they all sort of um, they go together in very significant ways, in ways that we don't actually want to miss, because if we if we do so, we, we miss. And we got to start. It's not some like, I don't know, this isn't some positive thinking, some, you know, try hard to think good thoughts. Um, no, no, no. It's, it's, um, it's actually remarkably uh, stunning when described, right? Joy in Christ is our reality. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. So clear sense, not once, but twice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And then in case you didn't get it, again, I will say rejoice. When I was a new believer, there was a song that was just sung over and over and over. And it was rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, boom, rejoice in the Lord always. And then it would go up a key. And again, I say rejoice and it just goes, it goes on and on and on. But it's important because Paul goes on here, right? And the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, right? So we, we, we look at this passage and we see it's essential. We have to be reminded, Paul wants to remind us of the joy we have in Jesus. We can see both joy at the beginning and peace at the end of this passage in the Lord Jesus. And as Christian, as Christians, um, you know, we just went through Christmas season, right? Jesus is the joy that has come to the world, the Prince of Peace. And context is important here. There's all kinds of things going on. Remember, this is one of the why it's so wonderful to walk through the book of the Bible. Paul's in prison. Last time, we were talking about conflict between people, right? So a couple times ago, uh, we're talking about conflict between people. He's writing between challenges. He describes unnatural, inappropriate, world-confusing joy. Command is not just to rejoice, but to rejoice in the Lord, not going to our happy place, happy Gilmore, but continuously thinking on who Jesus is and what he has done. And this is not um, a completely new teaching, right? This is something that we would have seen uh, in the scriptures uh, as well, that there's a certain sense that trust in God would lead us to, uh, well, to, to this greater sense of, of, of promise, this greater sense of certainty. It's not on your screen, but uh, Psalm 127.1 says, he is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. Right, so so we can trust in the Lord in the midst of that. Now, again, for me, you know, I I, I relate to this. Right, I, it wasn't that long ago when um, when I got um, like I should say the past this. This is a while ago, but I was diagnosed with a little bit of a skin cancer. Right, um, and it's the, they said it was the good kind of skin cancer, which I'm. What's the good kind? And then later I got what they said, the medium kind of skin cancer. Like there's a good kind, there's a medium kind, there's a bad kind. I, it put my modeling career in. Severe jeopardy. It wasn't a big deal for me, but it does make my doctors nervous because my sister died of a, in a young age of skin cancer. So they spent a lot of time uh, looking at 
every time I have a, of a mole, they get really serious faces and they send them off to really serious labs. And, and then I wonder sometimes, right? And, and, and maybe you do too. And between my doctor's look and like, hmm, and the pathologist report, I worry until I find myself reminding myself that God is in control. God is in control. So, so again, that passage comes back to let your reasonableness, your reasonableness uh, be known to all, right? So there's a sense that for us, the call of God is, is you know, that, that we can be reasonable. We can trust in the Lord. He's close. He's, he's here. Reasonableness can also be translated uh, gentleness, right? Um, right. So it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness known everyone. Why am I reasonable? Because I'm rejoicing in the Lord. The Lord is at hand. Right? Don't be anxious about anything. The Lord is at hand. So there, there's the truth of the universe. How can I not be anxious? Because the Lord is at hand. This is vital to understanding verse 6 right here. This He is close. He has arrived, right? And we see this all the time, right? Um, maybe you, you think about hurricanes, right? Um, you know, we, we, we're not in hurricane season, but you remember that the hurricane season, the Weather Channel loves hurricanes because uh, they get a reporter and they they attach that reporter to something stronger that can withstand the storm. So, and then they get these really loose baggy clothing. You've seen it too. And they love it. And they're like, the wind's blowing by, but, but they're, they're tied literally to a, to a, to a light pole or to a, to a concrete bunker or fence or something uh, because they attach themselves stronger that can withstand the storm. And you, know, you don't have to worry when you're tethered to something that's built to withstand the crisis the Lord is your anchor. He is at hand, right? So there's actually a song that we sing. My anchor holds within the veil as part of the song. And that's actually a reference to uh, Hebrews 6.19. Um, so I've got this anchor and it holds the veil, this veil that would separate and they'd reach into the Holy of Holies. But for us, that veil has been torn. We're, we're literally anchored to the king of all the universe. He's near and I'm attached. He is sure and steadfast, it says in Hebrews 6.19. He is near, and I'm attached, sure and steadfast anchor of my soul. So I can't promise you'll always be happy or that your spouse will always be faithful or that you won't lose your job or you won't get sick. Or I wish I could, I, I, but I can promise the anchor holds. The anchor is sure because of what Jesus has done. Don't let anyone steal your joy Rejoicing in him isn't naive, it's deeply practical and rooted in biblical truth. It's deeply practical and rooted in biblical truth. And when we get that, when we understand that, when we grasp a hold of that, it changes everything. So the reason that I can actually walk in any of these things is actually with a great sense of certainty about who God uh, ultimately is. Is. Let's take a look at that passage. I've mentioned it a couple of times. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, and that anchor holds within the veil. And when you walk in that reality, you can have the confidence because the Lord is your anchor. He is at hand. And so prayer is actually the response to anxiety, right? This is verse chapter 4, verse 6. So don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, look the contrast there, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So Paul understood this. 
He has experienced this. He has walked in the challenge of this. He experienced both the reality of joy and the reality of anxiety. Sometimes we think Paul and the other great godly leaders never struggle with anxiety. He literally tells uh, the, the the church at Philippi of his anxiety or concern. Uh, uses actually the word referring to uh, Epaphroditus. Remember, we we were talking about Epaphroditus and more. But look look at look at what what he says. Right, Paul actually speaking of this, he says. He says, I am more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, that I may be less anxious, that I may be less anxious. So here it is, right? It's right, it's right there. And, and he actually says elsewhere in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28, he says, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches, right? So concern, anxiety, anxiety is real. We shouldn't deny it. And let me also say too, because some of you may be watching and you might say, you know, Ed, I, I suffer with anxiety. And, um, and we all would say there's some place of that. The verb here is literally to stop being anxious. The Greek term means to divide as anxiety pulls us apart. The word worry comes from the meaning to strangle. It's strangling us. So worry, uh, uh, Agent Rogers put it this way. He's a famous pastor from years ago. Got to, had the privilege of going to his funeral, kind of random thought. Uh, worry does not uh, does to us emotionally what sand does to machinery. It grinds it to a halt. So Paul says the proper response to anxiety is prayer. He doesn't. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. Very specific. He talks about prayer. It's a general word for prayers used um, only uh, only used to prayer to God. It's the basic idea of bringing our needs to God. Talks about supplication. This term is used more specific requests for special needs like like anxiety. He talks about Thanksgiving, um, the way this is constructed. That for Paul, all true prayers accompanied with gratitude. This makes sense since gratitude is the it's the pathway to joy. The 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 word Eucharista, you, you, the Eucharist or the Thanksgiving Greek means good grace, right? And petition. There's a sense of urgency. Um, this verb's continuous. We continually bring our needs to God. So Jesus turns worry into peace through the wonder of prayer. Let me say it again. Jesus turns worry into peace through the wonder of prayer. Um, so, but but there's there's more here I want to say because this should be a reality that you can live in your life, though probably like everyone, you'll struggle with it. You will struggle with being anxious at times and turning over to the Lord through prayer. Remember, Jesus turns worry into peace through the wonder of prayer. You say, but Ed, I can't ever get out of that worry. I've prayed. I've sought scriptures. I've, I've, I've asked other people, and there's a deep and long-term sense of worry and anxiety. So what I want you to say here, Calvary, is we, we, we also believe there are times and places where we might be struggling with mental health. And the Lord's going to give us grace and strength with that, but it might take more intervention, more counsel. That's what I call counseling. And uh, you can reach out to us at the numbers or in our chat room and say, hey, I'd like to, I, I, this is an area for me that I'd like to... To, to, to learn and lean in a little bit more. Because I want you to see and I want you to live in light of the biblical truth that is expressed here, right? So here's, here's what, it, here's what the, the, it should be, right? I should be able to say, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear uh, what, will, what can man do to me, right? So, so, so we want that. We want that. We want people to see that, right? Um, 
and and if you're walking in that and you struggle with it and go back and forth, we all do, right? But when you get stuck and trapped and can't get out of that, that's when you might need more more help in the process of that as well. Because sometimes um, life stinks, but Jesus is still sure, right? And we can find that confidence and and through prayer can turn over that anxiety of the Lord because that anchor that is a person, Jesus holds. He can take your finite burdens because he paid the infinite debt of sin. So where does that confidence come from? Where does that that trust in the Lord comes from? Well, that that's part of what we want to see, right? Uh, you know, I mean, this is the kind of thing I want you to pray and 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 to believe. What then can we? What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us, how will he not also graciously give us all things? Romans eight. So so that confidence, I love that that confidence uh, that that God is for me. Uh, and, and I'm his. And, uh, you know, and it's not in some I'll never have problems way because he gave me Jesus even through those problems. In Jesus, I find joy. And in Jesus, I find peace because Jesus turns worry into peace through the wonder of prayer. And, you know, I'm talking about this anchor a lot because metaphors help us here. Anchors speak of being tethered. A cornerstone is the sure corner of your life. And Christ alone is both. And when you get that, it changes everything. It's not that you don't worry. It's that you fight through worry to joy and peace through Christ, through Christ. So this is such a powerful passage and such a, a wonderful Patches that we kind of look through together. But let's continue. Let's go on to uh, number two in our outline as we walk through this passage. Number two uh, in our outline. The peace of Christ comes through uh, our prayer to God, right? We actually see this. Remember, Jesus turns worry into peace through the wonder of prayer. Jesus turns worry into peace through the wonder of prayer. But let's take a look. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus. Uh, necessary to have peace with God is to, as, uh, it, necessary to have peace with God in your life, to have peace anywhere else in your life. But this is a promise, peace with God, right? He himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. If you don't have peace, the peace of God, it may be because you haven't, don't have peace with God. And this is where we need to receive by grace and through faith, the good news of the gospel. The basis of joy in Christ is peace with God. It's the foundation of our ongoing joy. It's the cross that creates peace for us. It's God's promised salvation. And if you don't have that yet, I want you to see Isaiah 12, 2 says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Peace with God makes you right with God by grace and through faith. And if you don't know the Lord, that's where it needs to start. So maybe someone invited you. Maybe you saw this on social media. I'm so glad you're here. As a matter of fact, if you're watching this on Facebook, Follower of Jesus, uh, or on YouTube, there are means to like and share. You can actually like and share this to others. Because maybe you want them to know that it, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So you can have peace with God. Peace with God. But it doesn't just end there, right? It's we we want peace with God, but this passage promises us something um, not more amazing, but something that flows from the amazing, right? It's the peace of God 
the peace of God. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope, right? So we see, and it's like, okay, this, this, we want this. We want this peace that passes all understanding. So what would that look like? Well, grace, mercy, and peace be with us from God uh, the, the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father, God's Son, in truth and love. I mean, so don't miss those words. Grace, mercy, and peace. I, I, I want grace, mercy, and peace. I bet you want great mer- grace, mercy, and peace. I want to, to live in a joy that conquers worry and a peace that overcomes all. It begins with Jesus' work. It's sustained in our life when we communicate with Jesus through prayer. Closeness, intimacy with him, tethered to him, the cornerstone, our anchor holds, right? So George Mueller put it this way, the first and great primary business to which I attend every day is to have my soul happy in the Lord. Why? He, Jesus is near. I am attached and I'm talking with him about my needs. And when you do this, when this is the, the, the pattern of your life, then verse seven, don't just jump to verse seven, verse seven happens. So then then, end, right? End, this flow, one flows from the other. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Your hearts and your minds, Christ Jesus. Now, I love the, I love the word guard, because remember, Philippi is written to this, uh, to this Roman colony, this influential Roman city. And it's, it's, in, it's in the north of Macedonia. They had a Roman garrison stationed there. And Paul uses a military term, uh, as the Roman army guards you from barbarians to the north and you are thus safe even more beyond understanding, God's peace will guard your affections and your mental state in Christ Jesus, right? The peace of God is a sentinel standing watch over our hearts because there are lots of very real issues that will rob your peace. Many can be overcome by trusting Christ, but we also know there are times due to a deeper issue or maybe a struggle where We're going to take longer to yield to that. Maybe it requires some outside help and intervention, right? But God's plan is that you can have a life filled with joy and peace. You can dwell in joy and peace in Christ. God can handle everything. He's got this. When the storm comes, he's got this. When you're sick, he's got this. When you're out of money, he's got this. When your kids are a mess, he's got this. Don't let anyone steal your peace. Even in the midst of difficult circumstances, you can have peace. Trusting him is not the absence of your action. It's the presence of his peace. You can have and walk in a rather supernatural peace that's 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 even hard to hard to understand. People outside say, why, why is that person so filled with peace? And that makes the difference, right? Um, a few years ago, there was a movie called Risen. It's actually out on video now. I think you can see it on one of the streaming services. I remember seeing it the first time it came out. I was quite amused by one character there. His name is Bartholomew. Uh, I mean, in the Bible, it's his name, but in the movie Risen, um, which, again, I won't give the whole plot line, but uh, the soldiers involved in this. And so Bartholomew plays a disproportionate place in the movie than he does in real life. But he's captured by this Roman soldier, Clavius, and he's as happy as can be. He looks like a Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Kind of looks like a stoned slacker. But Shaggy is a, <laughs> but Shaggy's a coward. Bartholomew uh, has something different. Bar- Bartholomew has some sort of courage. Shaggy, <laughs> Shaggy has, uh, and they actually portray like Bartholomew, the disciple, as almost like he's uh, stoned, right, uh, on drugs. Now, let me explain why. Because Shaggy, if you've ever seen Scooby-Doo, and you can say this might be the first time Scooby-Doo has been mentioned, 
in a Calvary sermon. But Shaggy in Scooby-Doo experiences peace through, um, I, don't know, I don't know how to tell you this if you watch this as a kid, but Shaggy was kind of a stoner. Um, he experienced peace through pharmacology uh, because, because anyway, so, um, so, and then, you know, the kids didn't pick up on that, but that's, that's part of the theme. And, and so Bartholomew in the movie, who looks a little bit like Shaggy, but they sort of portray him as a stoner and you have to wonder why, but I actually think I know why, right? Um, it literally, um, cause Hollywood does not know how to portray the peace that comes from knowing Jesus rose from the dead. So Clavius, um, threatens him and he's literally like, it's all good, man. It's all good. And, and, and then it's interesting and you watch it. And if you're not like thinking, what is, what, what's the movie producer trying to do here? He's trying to portray why in the world Bartholomew, who's, Claudius is threatening to kill him. He's arrested him. He's all going to die. And it's like, why, why is he of so much peace? So Hollywood makes him into looking like a stoner. So, so, but eventually Bartholomew gets away and he gets back to the disciples. And then Clavius comes in to, and he finds the disciples hidden in the room. Uh, they've been there denying and fearing and hiding, but then they're found. And Clavius has found them. And there's, and he goes in and he opens the door and he looks on the side of the room and there's Bartholomew and still looking like a stoner. But now all the disciples are like, yeah, man, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. And, and then there's this powerful picture, right? And this is, I like this. You should, you should see the movie right? Um, because they see Bartholomew and he's all relaxed and they, yet a Roman soldier just burst into the room of the disciples, could kill them all. He's got a sword, got soldiers behind him. And he looks over there and sees Bartholomew and the, and the disciples. They looks over there because they're all, they look at Clavius and then they look over at and another side of the room that Clavius can't see yet. And Clavius looks over there. <laughs> and when he looks over there, he sees, um, he sees Jesus risen from the dead. Again, this is not in the New Testament text, just in case you're wondering whether this is a movie. But so Bartholomew's attitude now makes sense. He looks over there and he sees over there the guy that Clavius, the Roman soldier, saw die. He's the guy who conquered death, the guy who had a plan, the guy in whom Bartholomew had confidence. And he's got this. That's why that whole room of disciples is confident. Hollywood doesn't know how to portray it. So Bartholomew looks like a stoner. But, but the guy in the corner of the room, guy back from the dead, he's got this. So nobody in the room is anxious. Bartholomew... Is, is now confident because, you know, and even Claudius, he finds these cowardly disciples in the room. He breaks open the door. The room should be filled with fear and they all look relaxed. And then he sees why the fearful, worried, running, anxious disciples see Jesus is there and he's in control. Bartholomew saw Jesus die. Now he's alive. And that changes everything for the people in that room. 2,000 years later, it should change everything for you and for me. And we can get there and trust and rest and turn our anxiety over to the Lord, get a real sense of peace, and ultimately you can get Jesus' peace and stop worrying so much. This could be a life-changing message for some of you because Jesus turns worry into peace through the wonder of prayer. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you for the beauty of this passage and remind us again and again that um, when we have worry, that Jesus turns worry into peace through the wonder of prayer. And Lord, I pray for those who may not know Christ, that they might receive and respond by grace and through faith. Lord, I pray that those who know him, that Lord, we might live in the truth, that we don't have to walk in anxiety, but instead trust that Jesus turns worry into peace through the wonder of prayer. The anchor holds within the veil, 
We're tethered to something stronger. The cornerstone is sure. For it's in Jesus' name and his sake we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Tell It From Calvary. If you feel led to give toward the local, national, and global ministries of Calvary Baptist, please visit cbcnyc.org slash give or call us at 212-975-0170. We hope you join us next time as we continue to tell it from Calvary.